Elementary music teacher friend, you love what you do, but you might feel unappreciated and, in fact, unseen some days. You may even feel like you're on a music teacher island and just want to connect with other music teachers who can relate to both your struggles and wins when it comes to teaching elementary music. I get you and understand completely the feelings you're having. That's why each and every week, the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast will provide you with solo and guest episodes that will help you realize you're not alone in your music teaching journey. Throughout each episode, my goal is for you to be able to walk away with actionable steps and ideas to help you feel like you're ready to take on the new week with whatever challenges may be thrown your way. Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Well, hello, my friends. Have you wanted to advocate for your music program or for yourself as a music teacher, but you just honestly don't know how? You just never have quite the right words come out or you don't know what to say or do. This episode is for you. I interviewed the amazing Rainy Barton about the importance of advocating for yourself as a music teacher. What exactly does that mean? What are practical ways you can do that? And how can you advocate for yourself with your administrators, the families you work with, and your community. So it's a little different right now, let's be honest, because we're living during a pandemic. And so anything that we would give advice around when it comes to music education, you got to kind of take advice and then run with it based on your teaching situation or hold on to ideas that you can definitely implement in a typical school year. So she gives ideas for both, though, how she advocates during a normal school year and how she's kind of changed things up during a pandemic. But let me tell you a little bit about Rainey before we jump into her amazing episode. She graduated from the University of Florida with a bachelor's in music education and is currently in the process of receiving her ORF Shulwark certification. She absolutely loves the ORF Shulwark and Kadai methods and implements them both within her classroom on a regular basis. She is also currently a member of the Florida Music Education Caters Association and its subgroup FEMEA. As far as whimsically musical goes, Rainey has always thought of herself as a whimsical person. She likes to go against the grain and come up with new and exciting things and live life to the fullest. That's why she started a blog, a YouTube vlog, a TPT store, and a Facebook page. Rainey's goal is to help other music teachers in the teaching community by sharing what she's learned about activities that work well, classroom behavior management strategies, etc. She feels we all work better as a team and loves meeting other teachers and getting to share our teaching journeys together. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. This conversation is very needed and was awesome. And she presented so many new and amazing ideas that I've honestly never even thought of before. So I hope that you're going to get so much from this episode and I cannot wait for you to listen in. So Rainy, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So I, first of all, want to say this is totally just random, but I love your name. (laughs) Thanks. I love, I love unique names because, you know, being Jessica, um, it's kind of funny because my sisters, I'm the middle of three girls and they're Gerilyn and Jana. So I'm always to my parents, like what happened? 
Like, not that I hate my name, but I'm like, they both have unique names. And I'm like, it was like the most common 80s name besides Jennifer, I feel like. So. Oh, you should hear my sister's names then because we're all weather names. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have two sisters? I have four siblings, but oh the, boys, okay. the boys don't have any significance to their names. They're just random names. The girls are all weather names. So it's me and then Breeze and then Cirrus, like the cloud. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Rainy, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and you know where you teach, what you teach. And I know you do amazing things outside of music education too, so you can tell us all about that as well. Oh, sure. Um, so yeah, so I'm an elementary music teacher. Uh, this is my sixth year and I've spent all six years at the same school. Um, so that's been really great. Uh, like my kinders are my fifth graders now and that just makes me feel so like, sad and old at the same time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so do elementary music. Um and I've been doing that for a bit. And then other than that, I do circus in my spare time. So I teach like silks and trapeze and things. And that's always my fun fact because everyone's like, What what are you talking about? But that's a real thing and there are studios everywhere. So I always say everyone should find one and try it because it's super fun. <laughs> Love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with you or hearing you talk about it somewhere. It might have been in a Facebook group or something about, um, or just seeing you post to Instagram about doing trapeze art. And I was like, saying, I was like, what? That's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. I am not coordinated at all, Rainy. Like, oh, I wasn't so either. It's a skill that can be learned. <laughs> Okay, so I was that kid in elementary school who, no matter how hard the teacher tried to teach me, I still can't figure out how to do a cartwheel. It's so Oh, sad. I couldn't do a cartwheel for the <laughs> longest time. Like, I, it did not compute. And then one day I just did it and was like, oh, I don't know what happened. Right, over, over at Thinkers Anonymous Club, I feel. Yeah. That's probably, yeah, that's a lot of what it is. Well, when we were talking about what we were going to discuss today, um, you named a few topics, and I really like we are going to discuss advocating for yourself as a music teacher first. And so I want to go ahead and talk about that because first of all, I think this is hugely important and it's something that, um, I don't know. I just think music teachers don't talk about it enough because you're always talking about, I mean, you hear self-care being talked about and obviously teaching your students and all those things and lesson planning and all that. But when you talk about advocating for yourself as a music teacher, why don't you just explain to the listeners, first of all, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so this is very much a passion topic of mine, simply because, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you don't have a supportive admin, then it's, you know, a lot harder. And luckily, my admin are supportive now. I've had, you know, in the past, not as much, but I'm sure everyone, mm -hmm. every music teacher goes through that where like, they either love music or they could care less about it. It just, right. it is what it is. Um, so it's a passion topic of mine because if you are not actively, you know, advocating yourself and like showing the importance of music, like to your admin and to your community and to the parents and everything, then they're not going to take you seriously. And you're just going to be seen as that teacher that's like, oh, well, they're just the music teacher. Like you're being sent there to have fun. But it's like, yeah, we have fun in there, but they're learning things and they're becoming better humans because they're taking my class. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we're not music teachers as a whole, uh, some are better than others, but we're not very good at like necessarily taking the time to really advocate and educate on the importance of it. And it's something that needs to be heavily, more heavily focused on because it, music is, I mean, technically is a core subject because it's in theme. So it's like part of the theme thing, but a lot of people gloss over that part of it. 
And it's very important, obviously. I mean, there's studies shown that show, you know, that if you take music that you get better test scores, like there's all this like science and stuff to back it. And, you know, your mood is more elevated when you listen to music. So like there's so many benefits of it. But I feel like sometimes like people just get caught up in the, oh, it's just music class thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to like be like, well, there's more to it than that. Yeah. So speaking of Instagram today, uh, you know, you just read something that just like, wow, that was really good. And of course now I can't remember where I read it, but someone <laughs> shared this um, kind of like open letter, a regular classroom teacher wrote. I think she was a second grade teacher too. Oh, I think I saw that. that. Yeah. It and it made me think of this conversation we're going to have tonight because it was basically like, not that she never valued them, but she said, I got to thinking the other day, I think she said, while I was virtually teaching or while I was at my house, mm -hmm. what is the first thing I go to when I'm stressed for relief? And it's something like exercise, art, music, reading a book. And she was like, it just hit me. Wow. You know, that it does matter. And I'm like, thank you. You know, and I think that's awesome because sometimes it is just like a aha moment that I feel like needs to happen for adults. Do you feel like that's true? Oh yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, that's the first thing I turn to is music. It's just some, some teachers get in and it's like, oh yeah, great. Like they understand, like it's just as important. And then sometimes like, it's just, they don't realize it. But when you do realize like, oh, I do turn to art or I do turn to music and like these sorts of things are like helping me not only mentally, but like they're also helping, you know, better me than, you know, that's the path to, you know, mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, comes to advocating for your music program, how, what are, I guess there's like direct ways, you know, where you can do, you know, well, in a non-COVID world, you have like your, some of your students go sing in, you know, the public somewhere or invite people into your school. We can't really do that this year, but yeah. there's also, I feel like subtle ways too, where, you know, I've even told teachers that even the kids singing songs at home, that's a way to advocate because then those parents will say, oh, where did you learn that? Oh, my music class, you learned that. What else do you do? And then it just kind of opens the door to conversations. So what are your favorite ways to advocate for your music program? Yeah. Um, so I'll share like one or two that, yeah, you have to wait until COVID's over, but then there are ones that you can do that are not COVID, of course. But I mean, it's just, it's just so much harder with COVID, but it'll be over one day. <laughs> uh, one day, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I mean, my favorite way, of course, is like doing informances. So, you know, where you have parents come in to the class. I typically will like have the same grade levels every year, just do it. So like, it's like something exciting to look forward to. So like, I'm, I think I do kindergarten and fourth usually or something like that. Maybe I do three grade levels. I don't know because I'm not doing it this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll typically like send out a newsletter, like inviting parents to be able to come and that they have to sign up ahead of time by emailing and all of that good stuff or filling out. I, I typically will have like a Google survey or a link or something because that way I don't have too many parents that just show up at once. But ideally, they just get to come in and just be, you know, bystanders and just audience members and just watch class. And I'll like explain a little bit what the kids are doing just so that they get an idea of like why they're doing it and like say like we normally wouldn't of course do this like I do I explain to the kids a little bit but not to the level the parents do but mm -hmm. that way they're getting to see like oh like they're doing this dance because they're actually learning like these five concepts and then they're doing this which ties into this and then they're doing all the things and then the parents normally end up being like wow like I had no idea my kids learning that or I had no idea my kids knew how to do that 
like read all these rhythms and like all these things and so like every time I've done it it's been super receptive and they're all just like wow like we need to do this more often Mm -hmm. so that's like my favorite favorite way um which I first heard about that I think from Eileen Miracle or something Mm -hmm. which she's just you know wonderful (laughs) yeah Um, yeah she has great ideas yeah she's great but yeah so I've done that um and then another way, which I do encourage the kids to tell their parents things, I know, I think I got this from someone else too. I can't remember who though, but they did kind of like little exit tickets, but not exit tickets like where they do an assessment. It's more an exit ticket that like they take with them and they would say like, oh, like today in music, we did blah, 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 blah. And you could put whatever it is. And then like they would take that home with them and their parent, like it could be in their folder or whatever. And then their parents could see that and they would normally say on it, like, ask me to sing this song to you or ask me to do this. Yeah. And then the parent will be like, oh, like, what did you do? Like, I just sent one home for the song Ho Ho Watane because they were doing, yeah, uh, that lullaby um, for Native American. And I was like, oh, I wonder if any of them are actually going to sing it. And then I did one for a couple of weeks ago, because we did the hustle, because we were reading a book called Halloween Hustle, so I sent home, yeah, you can tell your parents, you know how to do the hustle, and then one of the parents, like, emailed me, and was like, I felt very old when my kids started doing I love it, and I was like, well, I'm glad they showed you, so they, like, did right. together, and I was like, oh, yeah, you see, it's working, yes, I love that, oh, it's so fun, because do you feel like parent, not, I can't label all parents, you know, and I'm a parent, you're a parent, but like some parents still view their elementary music class as what it is today. And not that all, I'm not dogging all elementary music classes from back in the day, but it, it's just different than it is now. So they're just thinking your kiddos are just sitting there singing songs and, um, you know, just, I mean, this year it's different, of course, but in a regular yeah. elementary music class, they're not, they don't know, like you said, not just all the things you're doing, but all the things kids are learning and all the ways that um, all music integration is happening and all those kinds of things. And so I think it's awesome where parents realize that and they have those aha moments of why it's important. And I don't know, I just think that's just so important to keep advocating. So I love all those ideas. The exit ticket was an amazing idea. Thank you for sharing that because I've never heard that before. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't say that I came up with that, but I don't remember who did. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, I am doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the best way you learn from other teachers is just by finding like a simple idea and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, that, I'm writing that down because I'm going to forget about it, but I'm using that. That's awesome. So, yeah, because I mean, I would love for them to share more, but like they tend to forget. So that at least helps them. Yeah. Well, it's, well, I love the fact that you're sending something home where like a parent can literally just pull out the piece of paper and look at it because I know my boys come home from school and first of all, they're boys. So it's always like, good. (laughs) I don't know. Nothing. Right. You did nothing today. So I've joked with them before. I'm like, so you literally just went to school today and stared at the wall. You did nothing else. No mom, you know, but I can't get answers from them unless I see a piece of paper that says your child learned this or, oh, here's a graded spelling test or something. So I love that as a music teacher, you're sending that home too. So parents can visually see my child's learning this. I love that. I will get the occasional song. You know, we did this song yeah. today, or mom, did you ever hear this song before? And of course, yes, I did. You know, but yeah. like they, they will sometimes sing songs. And I think music just sticks in kids' brains. You know, they are not always get immediately after school and maybe not even that same day, but I think it's hugely, a uh, huge way to advocate for music when the kids will remember even like two days later, a song that they learn with you or an activity. And they're like, mom, you want to play this game? 
And then all of a sudden they're like, what do you mean? Oh, I learned this in music class. When did you have music class? Two days ago, you know? And so. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen like the, the siblings teach each other like songs Aww. and stuff. Like I'll come into class and I'll be like about to sing the song. And then they're like, I know this. My older sister taught me it. And I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Do. Okay. So tell me what, how are you teaching this school year? Are you virtually at school or what, what's going no, on? I'm back in full. You're play. in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm half and half. Kind of. Okay. I mean, my school is fairly small. We only have like 350 kids, I think. It's a pretty small mm. school. Um, so I do one full virtual day um, of kids. And then I have three days of actual, three and a half days of actual like in-person classes. And I was on a cart for the first nine weeks. And that was, that was not fun. Mm. And yeah. now I'm back in my room. And that's like great. It also has its own like not so great things and yeah. so yeah so I'm like half and half do you feel like from having conversations with a lot of different music teachers I've kind of heard similar of course the frustrations are there 1000 percent but one of the things I have seen with advocating for music is the fact that when you are in those teachers classrooms even if it is their plan time they're still going in and out of their classroom and even if it is you, you know the kids are at home and they're watching a lesson maybe you even already sent home it's not live but they're watching mm -hmm. it or whatever that that alone is in a way if you think about any positive to come out of the school here is a way of advocating for music because those teachers let's be honest they're just picking up their kids last minute most of the time but now they're seeing stuff going on that they never seen before if you're on a cart parents at home maybe they're working and so they're kind of looking over their computer screen like what's going on over there but they're kind of in you know involved with it more so I don't know have you seen that happen a little bit more during COVID yeah no I've seen it for both for for in the classroom especially like there's been times where like the kids were doing like of course not a true folk dance where you're right. touching things like mm -hmm. but they're still doing like a folk dance and all these things and I've seen like where the teacher like comes in and like sees it and then she just stops and like films them and it's like oh Aww. this is so fun or like one teacher even was like I want to do this so like she joins us on like an instrument thing so it definitely has been great because like you said like they don't necessarily know what's going on in there and most of the time they're showing up like last minute or even late to get their kids so then they're not able to like you know hear what their kids mm -hmm are doing so that's been definitely eye-opening for some of them some of them are like wow I didn't even know like you did that stuff and then yeah. the parent way too I've seen it because they also don't know what they're doing and they kind of get to you know be in on it with them especially like the littles because like my mm -hmm. kindergarten kids like the parents will typically sit by them because otherwise you know they'll be really squirrely or whatever but like I had a um what was it a video I was using Flipgrid the other day for mm -hmm. something oh yeah I did I recorded a me reading a book and they had to sing like the song back to me as like an assessment which was the cutest thing ever I'm so glad Aww. I made them do that but, but like the parents were like right there with them like helping them shake it and be like all right you have to shake it and then you have to sing the song and then you know they're singing the song and it's just like they're getting to like to help them with it and like see it and then like it's just a bonding experience for them so like yeah it's definitely been one good aspect of this because they're getting yeah. to like really see like what goes on and like help their kid like through it and whatnot mm -hmm. and then the hope is when not if schools get back to normal <laughs> like COVID is gone finally that that appreciation for what's going on in music carries over into the school year and there there there's going to be more advocacy with how can I help you in here what do you need help with when it comes to music and things like that so hopefully that continues um okay so 
when it comes to getting your admin families, we've touched on this a little bit, and also the community more involved, what are ways outside of COVID probably that you can, that you suggest doing that? Yeah, um, so, well, there's a couple of ways. So for admin, well, one thing definitely that I always like advocate is just making sure that when you are going in for like your, for example, like your evaluations or things, because like, you know, sometimes like when an admin comes into your room, it's like funny, like you can sometimes like you'll have like a really great admin that like will just be like, oh yeah, I could tell you were doing this and you did this and then you tied this in together with reading and you did all these things like, and you just were, you know, and they understand like that everything has a purpose and like mm -hmm. they're trying to see it. And then some admin are not as good at catching it. So they just be like, oh, you did a song and then, oh, you did this, yeah. but like, that's it. And I'm like, no, there's a whole structure. So like at least when you're going in for evaluations and things like I always make sure that I know like exactly what standards that I had and how I like my little game plan is like how it all ties together. Mm -hmm. I'll typically even like type it up and like have it like as a lesson plan like to give them just so that because like I've had admin before where it's like you're going in circles and you're trying to explain it because like I don't want to be docked for that evaluation thing nope. because I actually did it. You're just not understanding. Yes. So making sure that you're really going in there with a game plan I mean if you're lucky to have like the like the first admin I had oh my gosh she was amazing like literally pulled out things I didn't even know I was doing and I was like man you're like just so great that's awesome <laughs> yeah she was she was really great I miss her very much but um yeah so just coming in with a game plan for that and just knowing like what you know exactly what standards you were doing and how this ties into this and like being able to answer that so that like you're able to have as high you know as a score as possible just because it's easier for them to see it in like you know a regular classroom teacher but if they're not like versed in music and art and things like they might not be able to catch that as easily yeah so that's just one way of advocating for yourself just for yourself as a whole mm -hmm. but as far as for like parents and community and things outside of like informative I'll always try and advocate at concerts too because um, for example we have our giant winter concert that we do every year that's all of the kids from pre-k to fifth and it stresses me out completely oh but it's great and it, it literally is always <laughs> a packed house like we've gotten to the point where we have to have two separate shows like we can't do it all at once because everybody comes so that's really exciting and um, everyone's very sad that I canceled it <laughs> well yeah I mean you're but, like hello <laughs> I know but I mean it just had to be done and I'm not gonna lie I'm kind of excited for yeah, well, performances are a lot of work. So that is one way to advocate. Y'all want to come help me with that? Because I need help. <laughs> yeah. But as far as that, I'll, I'll always have something in the flyer. So like I just got something from like the NASME website or something, but it'll just talk about like little facts about like how music improves like all mm -hmm. different parts of your life and whatnot in different ways that you can advocate. It comes with like little ideas for the parents and things. So I'll always do that. But my favorite thing to show, uh, which I always do for the winter concert, uh, my high school band director showed me this. I can't remember where he got it, but it was a video basically of a band director like being like, I know that like people say, oh, 90% is good or like 80% on a test is good. And they're like, but 90% of the notes is not good. So then he made his band play like with 90% accuracy and then 80% and then 70%. And he went all the way to like 50%. And he's just like, that's just not good. Like band mm -hmm. has to be perfect and all of this. And so then he just like starts talking about how it's much more intricate and more complicated than like people understand. And like they're using all aspects of their brain. And like, it's just a five minute video. But like by the end of it, everyone's like, mm. 
(laughs) You never think about it like that. Like they have to be perfect for the piece to sound perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's just like a whole nother side of like using your brain and all these things. And they're like, wow, like there's so much more that goes into it that like I didn't know. And so they're more appreciative of it after the fact. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was in band in high school and college, but my marching band instructor in high school was the one. I mean, I learned the most life skills uh, that carried on with me into life that in that class, because it wasn't just about marching around with my clarinet. It was about teamwork. And, you know, and I feel like as an elementary music teacher, I brought a lot of that into my classroom and that happens in the elementary music classroom without people realizing there's so much partner work, small groups, whole group instruction, individual, um, everybody gets along and you don't have to pair the groups or group them together by, you know, like reading level like they are in their classroom, but you can just group the kids together. And I, I just love that. And when you explain that to people, I, I feel like the times I've explained that, you know, we all work together as a team in here. We're not an individuals. We're all including each other. There, there's just something magical that happens in the music room that unless you're in there to see it, it's just kind of like, you don't get it. So it, well, it is kind of hard I love to what you said about the reading level thing, just because like, when, mm-hmm. especially for that, like the kids know like what reading level they're in. Like yeah. I literally had like a group of kids the other day say, oh yeah, we're in the lower class. And I was like, mm. you are not the lower class. That is not what that means. And then like, but in music, of course, like they're not, you're not grouped yeah. like that. Right. Like, they're, like this person can be with this person or they can be yeah. with this person. And they also know that they're like not going to be mean to each other or not yeah. like, you know, not be partners with so-and-so because otherwise you don't get to do the fun yeah. stuff. And they don't want to just sit back and watch like mm-hmm. everybody having the fun. So it really is like that safe space and atmosphere that they don't even necessarily get in their own classrooms. And so it's just really important to like let, you know, everyone know that as well. Like this is a safe space. Like they get to do this. They get to know you talk and probably bond with people that they probably wouldn't just in their regular classroom. Because like when they're doing a dance or things, like they don't care who their partner is. They're having lots of fun. And they don't care like, you know, if Sally Sue's next to them and they don't really like Sally Sue. Yeah. It's just just different because they're having having fun and they're learning at the same time. Oh, so true. That's so good. And yeah, that's just all of that so good and it's the perfect way to advocate and just you know if you are in your classroom it's just inviting and you're not going to always have them do it but just the teachers you know hey why don't you just come maybe five minutes early just even one time just to watch your kiddos I, we have this really fun activity at the end of class we want to show you and then what's cool is the teachers will probably see kids that are doing an activity together maybe that in their own classroom they can't get them to even like say a word to each other mm-hmm. you, know, you know and they're like wait how are you getting these kids to talk in here? And you're like, because they know that's my expectations. And because it's music class, it's different in here. You know, it's just a different environment. And so I just think having teachers be able to see that is so special. Yeah, I've done that. I've definitely, if I remember, and I, because I don't always remember to do that, but if I know that like there's something that they're doing, whether it's like a dance or like an instrument piece or something, I'll try to like remind them. And some of them won't always get back. But that's more because I love my principal, but she loves to talk too much at their data <laughs> chat and she holds them a little too late. Yeah. And I'm just like, Miss, Miss. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but other than that, they just, yeah, they'll come back. And then, like you said, they'll see it and they'll be like, oh, wow, like that was so exciting. And they might see like a kid that is not necessarily the best behaved or not necessarily the most academic go-getter, like mm-hmm. being really great at like an instrument or mm-hmm. like really taking, you know, leadership in the music room. And so then they get to see, cause there are definitely kids that 
are great for me, then I'm like, oh, I love that kid. And then everyone else is like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know, right? It's so crazy. The oh, that's my, One of my biggest pet peeves is the preconceived notion of some kids or you're told information about them without you ever even having a chance to get to know them first. And so you're, you're just like, ah, don't tell me that because I want to get to know them on my own because that was what the last music before me did. Like Uh, when I, before I even got there, like they were, he was showing me the room and he was like, yeah, but this is a bad group of kids. They're really hard and all this stuff. And I was just like expecting so much worse than like what I came into. And I was like, they're not bad. They just want to be loved and appreciated. And I Mm -hmm. guess you didn't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, they're great. Like, I don't like that idea. Yeah. Like you said, like you should let them make their own assumptions. Mm -hmm. And like you said, there are going to be kids who thrive in music. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's great about music classes because the the schools that don't have music, not that these kids will never find their musical potential, but because of music teachers, you know, these kids are coming in your room who maybe have sang for the first time ever, or have gotten to play an instrument for the first time ever, written a rhythm or whatever is going on in the music room. And they're all of a sudden, they're finding that they kind of have a natural talent for it where they have been struggling in math, reading, even PE or wherever else. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, I actually feel successful in this class. And this is their self-esteem starts going up. They start feeling proud of themselves and it really does start happening. And that's a huge way to advocate too, is you telling that teacher or telling that child's parent, guess what? Your child, I can tell really has a good voice. I don't know if anybody's told you that before. And a lot of times these parents are like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So amazed. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, so, I like doing that, especially for like if, the, if it is like a kid I know that has been struggling or things, like I'll make sure to also try and call home to them with like a positive call just because I know that like there'll be those parents that are like, what? And then you like tell them like, no, they did really. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. For yeah. Calling. Yeah. They're just expecting another phone call. Like, oh, I can't yeah. handle one more. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. The surprise calls are fun. So do you have any other advice about anything we talked about or anything else that you would like to share with music teachers listening? Oh gosh. Oh, I feel like this is, I don't know. I feel like I could just talk about this forever, but I just, mm, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, we talked about a lot of things, but oh, I will say one other thing that I do like to do just for advocating even um, is just collaborating with like the other um you like with the middle and high schools mm. because that's also important because like for me I know at least for me like in the first two years like because normally at my when I went to middle well when I went to middle school and I was in elementary the middle school band would come to elementary mm. and they would show us the instruments and then we'd have a petting zoo and you know you got to try the instruments and all that and so that's how I like ended up deciding like oh I want to do saxophone because my mom at first was like before they had brought the instruments over she's like, you're going to do band in middle school. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to do cheerleading. I don't want to do band. Like, I don't want to do band. And I was like, really adamant against it, which I don't remember this, but apparently that happened. Yeah. And we, <laughs> but then we did the petting zoo and I like played a saxophone and I was like, oh, I have to play. And she was yeah. like, so it was just like getting to play. It made that happen for me. And it's just like, I guess the kids don't really like get like the transition to like, band if they're not getting to see the instruments Mm -hmm. like you can teach them about like you know the woodwind family and things but it's like a lot different when they get to try it 
so I always try not right now obviously because of COVID right so normally I would have the middle school or the high school band whichever one I could come over and like play for the fifth grade and then they would have like a petting zoo night you know where they get to try the instruments mm-hmm. and things because then that's when the kids are like I have to do band and you don't you know want their love their appreciation of music to just stop in elementary like oh, you want right. them to keep going and so if you're not collaborating with the where they're going to next then they're just gonna be like oh music's done and then they're just gonna move on the first two years I maybe had like one or two kids do band and now it's like I have more because they're like you know expecting it and they're all excited when they get to fifth grade because they're like oh I get to try out the instruments and like stuff so it's like a fun thing for them so just making sure that you're also collaborating with like the whatever grade level you're in so if you're in middle like collaborating with elementary and like making sure it's all like flowing because most of the kids are going to go probably to that middle or high school like some will go somewhere else but most of them are going to feed into that so you want to make sure that you're building those relationships there as well Mm -hmm. so good so good it's so weird because you're talking about this and I have a fifth grader and it's so weird because we've already had this conversation with him he's adamant about not wanting to do band and he okay so so funny when you said weather he's obsessed with weather and so he has decided in sixth grade he's just going to take weather classes and we said buddy it doesn't work that way no but I'm just going to do weather so with that said he (laughs) I do think they bring the instruments over and let them see them and try them out because when we've taken him to like well like a couple years ago we took him or maybe it was last year took him to a high school football game and all three of my boys seeing the band, you know, you can talk to them about band, like you said, mm-hmm. and see it on a movie or whatever, but they were like, all their mouths just dropped, like seeing the marching band. And I said, see, isn't that awesome? And they're like, oh my God. And then we got to tell them that me and their daddy were both in marching band, not the same one, but yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah, I just think it's so neat. But like you said, that's a huge way to advocate is them to see that there is something past fifth grade music. There's other stuff you can keep going on and different music careers you can pursue and things like that as well. And so many, uh, you know, you can bring in back in the day, you could bring in live, live musicians and things like that. But yeah, it's just, there's so many ways. And so music teachers listening in, you just keep advocating for music in whatever way that looks like for you, because it's so important. Well, Rainy, I've loved this conversation and I would love for you to let our listeners know where they can find you online and connect with you. Yeah, so everything is whimsically musical. It's whimsicallymusical.com, whimsically musical. Well, on Instagram, it's whimsically musical teacher. It used to be whimsically musical, and then I like changed it, and then it won't let me change it back, even though <laughs> nobody has the name. Nobody uh-huh. has it. But that's Instagram for you. So it's whimsically musical teacher over there. But everything else is whimsically musical on Facebook, on the website, on the world, the, inter- the email, everything. Okay. And I'll include all the links in the show notes for everybody to find and connect with you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've loved this conversation so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook Group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today. 
Day, as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there, have an amazing week, and I will see you soon.